Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. So hello, everyone. My guest today is Michael Sherlock, and she is from Philadelphia in the United States. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for, for joining me. It's really a real pleasure to have you with me today. And I'll just jump right in. What's your work or business so our listeners can learn a little bit more about you? You bet. Well, first, I tell people that what I do for a living is I develop leaders and sales professionals all around the globe. Nice. That's, that's what I'm most passionate about. And as I worked through building this business and what it looked like um, to be a speaker and a writer primarily, I kept saying, you know, what is it that makes me different? And I always come back to the fact that usually I'm shocking people. You know, <laughs> my name is a little shocking. The fact I have crazy colors in my hair is a little shocking. Um, but I like to shock people in order for them to step back from where they are right now and see what their true potential is as a leader, as a sales professional. And sometimes that transcends to into their individual lives, their personal lives. So, you know, that's why I always say it, it's fun, it's shocking, but uh, it's it's definitely going to be memorable. Oh, and I'm sure. And you know what? It's well worth it. We only have one life anyway. So might as well live it to the max. Let's have some fun. (laughs) And even though talking a little bit to you, I do have my own thought about this. Would you consider yourself shy or outspoken? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone has ever described me as shy. (laughs) Uh, ever. But you know, it's funny because your question was interesting to me because it's shy or outspoken. And I, I think that I, I, you know, there's kind of a mix of all that. There are times that I'm shy. Um, I've just uh, uh, joined this uh, different networking group in Philadelphia, and I find myself walking in the room at times a little hesitant. Um, I'm used to being the person in the room that people seek out, and it's been a long time since I've had to do that. And so I'm like, wow, there's a little part of that. And then yet there's other pieces of me that I'm very comfortable on on a large stage. I'm very comfortable having conversations. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable saying what I believe. But I think in all of us, we have all these pieces that are mixed up together, and I think that's what's so glorious about it. I totally agree with you. And that's what I like about that question in particular, because more women tend to stop and say, well, I think I'm kind of an in-between or it depends. Yes. And I really want listeners to realize that whatever we see in people, they have a different story inside sometimes and it makes a whole lot of difference. Oh, it so does. It absolutely. Does. I always say you never know what goes on behind anybody else's four walls. That's so, it. You know, let's give everybody a break, you know. Oh, Maybe that yeah. person crazy <laughs> to you, you know, at the drive-thru. Maybe they had a bad day. Let's let's give them a break. Oh, exactly. And I realize that you have a lot of experience. You were mentioning the stage and everything. What about was your first time that you were asked to speak in public? I don't remember a time that I didn't, which is so strange. I mean, as a child, I was always up on stage. I was acting. I was doing dance. But when you pose that question to me, 
it put me back into the sixth grade. And my school that I went to, my grade school, uh, they built a brand new one. And they picked me and another one of my classmates to receive the key to the new school. Wow. And we had to speak in front of the whole, you know, the whole school. And I remember thinking at that moment, wow, this is this is different than me just acting or performing or playing my violin or whatever I did, you know, tap dancing, whatever crazy thing I did. Right. This is about me commanding a room. And it was a powerful turning point for me because I think it, it gave me even more guts to try and do things later in life. So I gather it was a good first experience yes. then. Yes, it was wonderful. And it was really, it was really a beautiful moment. And I remember thinking even then, and I still think now, like, why did they pick me? Why did I get to be picked? <laughs> and what an honor to be picked. And, you know, to really sit back and say, you know, every time somebody calls and asks me to speak, wow, like, thank you. What, what an honor to be somebody that you want in front of your team, your company, your organization. You're That's right. a great gift. It is. It is. That's when we get to share valuable insights, information, but we should always remember that we need to be thankful for that, to have the opportunity to do it. Absolutely. And throughout that career of yours, I'm sure you probably had your either challenging moments or some experiences that were not as good at the other ones. Do you have a one that you could share with us? Yes. You know, and there's always things that go wrong, but I have, I have two quick stories. Well, oh, go I'll try ahead. to make them quick, but I have two. Um, one was uh, just a few years ago, I worked for a company and I was part of a very large corporate strategy, strategy change. We were moving an entire company Um, actually multiple companies that were under one large company and we were starting to move them in one direction. So a lot of change, a lot of stress on people. And uh, so there were four of us that were vice presidents, divisional vice presidents, and we were kind of changing what parts of the country we were covering, which parts of these business units were covering. And so one day I get this whole new group and I pull them all together. There's a hundred and so people and I bring them, you know, into the headquarters and I've got this spiel down, you know, that I've always done talking about welcoming them in and how this is going to be great. And I realized there was so much agitation in the room. Like people were, they were uncomfortable in their seats and they were looking angry. And finally I, I stopped and I realized I needed to listen to what was going on. Oh, yeah. And so somebody said, I have a question. And they started just yelling at me and telling me, you know, this is horrible. These are all things that are bad. Why is this happening? You guys are terrible. Oh, and, wow. and I remember, oh, my gosh, if these people had tomatoes in their, on their <laughs> tables, they would throw them at me. And it didn't matter the fact that I wasn't the cause of their pain. I, re I represented the top tier of the company. Yes. And that was my responsibility was to stop and not worry about the slide deck I have or not, you know, to be defensive, but to really listen. And so I had to throw everything out that I had planned for two hours of meetings and just listen. And that's a really, it's a very unique situation, but it taught me a lot about watching my audience differently. I've always been good at reading them if they're not on tune or maybe there's questions, but this was something more that sometimes you uncover depending on your topic, things that hurt people or that are highly volatile and emotional and you can skim aside it, but nobody's ever going to have that message stick with them. Sometimes exactly. you have to be willing to, to move outside. So yeah. that was, 
That was probably the worst. (laughs) But you're so right that reading the room in that case was very valuable because instead of just trying to stick to what you had in mind, you made sure you were addressing their, their fears and why they weren't happy with the situation. So yes. Probably make and, your life easier. <laughs> you know, I don't know, because they were a very challenging group. And, but it, many of them came to really appreciate, you know, just being listened to. So, I mean, it had a, it had a good ending, but it was, it was one of those where I had to, to take that on myself and say, okay, this is maybe not about me personally, but I have mm-hmm. to because to these people, hundred people in this room, it is personal. It is, and that was that was one. Now the other story is a little funnier. So this goes back, um, oh gosh, back I I don't even a couple decades, and I worked for this company that was a student travel organization. So okay. it's called People to People, and so that company sends student groups all over the world. So my job was in essence sales. So I traveled around the country. And I spoke to groups of high school and junior high school and sometimes sixth grade students and their parents to convince them to send their kids with us (laughs) overseas for a lot of money. And so I would travel like three weeks at a time, uh, be on the road, and I'd be speaking anywhere from 150 was probably my smallest room. A little over 1,000 was probably my my biggest and everything in between. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Hundreds and hundreds of people. And... So, you know, you kind of get your own, like, shtick. You know, you, you get your own jokes. You know where to place the jokes. You know, you, you got the role going. And so I was nearing the end. I was almost done with the wholesale season. I'm in Boulder, Colorado. I've got probably 300 people in this room. And I always would say, you know, this, this program to let your student go with us will allow them to stretch their legs, you know, or spread their wings. It allowed them to, you know, see the world in a different way, right? True. So instead I said, this will allow them to spread their legs. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that I said that until about four sentences later, you know, because I had my spiel. And then all of a sudden I looked and I saw people their hands over their mouths giggling <laughs> and all of a sudden my brain caught up to what I had said and I stopped and I go wait did I say something wrong really say <laughs> that? just erupted <laughs> with laughter and I put my I put my head in my hand you know on the on the uh or the microphone is uh, the podium and I just kept saying in my microphone spread their wings stretch their legs spread their wings and it just (laughs) the laughter caught up and so after that everybody stopped laughing I said okay let's pretend I never said that we'll move on and afterward (laughs) I had so many people come up and they're like that was hilarious I love how you did that I'm like I did not do that on purpose (laughs) but it was uh and then that coincidentally that was like my largest percentage sign up after that wow well <laughs> lesson learned but it was fun because it also reminded me it's okay to make a fool of yourself it is just go with it because people are uncomfortable if you're uncomfortable <laughs> if you're willing to go oh my god <laughs> but that's a good one. Oh boy I can so- just imagine <laughs> That still sticks with me today, obviously. <laughs> and 
imagine now we're laughing at a challenging experience, yes. but I guess you probably had also some great memories. Do you have one in particular? Yeah, I, I think that to me, there's so many different opportunities when I speak because now I speak more, you know, I've done so much speaking as training in large companies that I work for and I've trained I, I can't even tell you how many, I, I have no concept of how many I have. And yet I remember almost everyone. And a couple years ago, I was speaking to a group in Ireland and it was such a, it was a great dynamic group. I loved them. I've met many of these people. I was having such a ball, but I was talking to them about a different sales approach. And I could just see this one guy in the front of the room and his arms were crossed and he's oh. like, you know, and I could just tell. That's not good. (laughs) But to me, what's fun is that to me caught my eye and then I love it because I love to, when I speak to groups, I want them to be interactive. I want to have me speak a third of the time and two thirds of the time. It's about what those people want and I can steer it back to what the mission is for the meeting or the training. But he said, so I, you know, I kind of got to the end of my little spiel and I go, okay, now I'm going to stop for a minute because there's a handsome gentleman in the first row here who clearly doesn't believe a thing I say. <laughs> and he kind of nods his head and I said, you know, tell me your name and you know what you're thinking right now. And it always shocks people because I'm not afraid to go right in after somebody who doesn't believe me because that's, that's just a joy. And he goes, well, you know, it's real great that you say all this, Michael, but you don't know the Irish people. And I said, great, tell me more, which coincidentally is the name of my first book. I'm like, tell me more. What, what do I not know about the Irish people? Well, we're very private and we'll do, we won't do that. We're not going to give this information. And I let him go and go and go and people around him are nodding. And I said, okay, I'll tell you what, let's role play this. And he, he was uncomfortable, but I said, no, I'll be you. You be the worst example of how this, my way will not work. Throw everything at me. And we had a ball because I just kept, you know, using the sales strategy and, you know, very nicely and calmly. And, you know, he's like, but I don't tell you that. And I won't answer that. And so we had so much fun. And all of a sudden he looks at me, he goes, huh, I guess it would work. Maybe I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> the right way. <laughs> oh, wow. That is priceless. It must have been a joy to realize how much transformation went through his head. Exactly. Oh, it, was, wow. it was so fun because at the end, he's like, maybe maybe the Irish aren't that different. And I said, you know, the thing is, at the core, we're all human beings. Yeah. So, you know, a sales approach, especially people often get nervous in sales training because they're afraid you're going to try and um, force someone to do something that they don't want to. And True. that's that's not the case. If you're <laughs> an ethical person... That person who walked in your door or who, you know, called because of your ad or whatever, they have an interest. Your job is to help bridge the interest. And if that results in a sale, great. That's it. And if it doesn't right then, great. But the whole key is it's not about the sale. It's about the interaction and how we do that and the respect we show to one another. Oh, I totally agree. What a great story. I love that story. That's great. <laughs> he still stays in touch. I love it. Oh, oh that's even better. Absolutely. <laughs> so now, yeah, my famous question, and we're all women and sometimes we're self-conscious and everything. What one wardrobe tip would you share with women that want to take, take the stage and still be comfortable or, yeah, let's just say comfortable with themselves? Sure. 
You know, for me, I found um, several years ago, and I, it's it's become part of, it might have been a little bit of midlife crisis with me when I started coloring my hair in funny colors. And I have really crazy fun shoes, and those are kind of my trademarks, so I really enjoy those. That's something that helps me stand out, and I feel very comfortable in that. Okay. But, but at the end of the day, it's it's wherever you feel the most comfortable. Your audience will always know if you're not. Yeah. And it's not just because you're wearing Spanx that are two sizes, <laughs> which I've done. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> and Spanx where it puts the girls up in the wrong spot and they're coming out, you know, you know, you got to watch those things, but it's really about whether or not you can get up in front of people and not worry about what you're wearing because True. it doesn't matter as much as your message. And that takes, you know, I don't know. It, t- it just takes a different energy. And for me, that was, it was really important is that I don't always wear a suit, you know, or dress. If I, usually I wear dresses on stage, but not always. In fact, I've done things where I've shown up in my, uh, you know, my uh, cowboy boots and my jeans and a, you know, silk blouse because that was still appropriate to where I was. That's it. But it was shocking enough for the message. And I felt like a million bucks. And that's, that's the difference. Oh, I totally agree. What a great tip. Just making sure we feel great with ourselves. Absolutely. And finally, uh, what would be your one tip to help empower women that want to take the stage? Practice. Oh. Practice, 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 practice. It's, it can't be said enough. I'm very comfortable myself. I could get up on stage right now and ad lib something. I've always been able to do that. But what I find is, is, is as I'm trying to hone my message, um, as they relate, especially in my first book and my second book coming out in the fall, what I found for myself, and I had to really look at myself in the mirror, was when I first started going out there, I didn't practice enough. Because mm-hmm. I felt like I've always been able to go off the cuff. I've always been able to train and you know, get dialogue going. But my core message has to be practiced. So there's, um, there's a great book by Jane Atkinson. That's, uh, it's about the, oh gosh, um, I have it right here on my thing about the keynote. Um, I'll find it here in just a second. Um, but it's, it's really about having your story succinct, you know, kind of a oh, great yes. story to open, a great story to close, and three bullet points in the middle, uh, you know, that you kind of pull the stories through. Exactly, because the more precise we are, uh, the more powerful the message will be. And you're so right. I always tell my clients, you know what? It's practice at the power of three. You ask me my three P's? Yes. Practice, practice, practice. Yes. And the shorter your talk, the longer you should practice, because that means you have to be laser focused on what you'll be saying. Yes, that is so true. I think that is more true than I think I've ever realized because I've led so many full day trainings that when you get, when you get, you know, a 45 minute keynote on stage, you're lucky if you get that 45 minutes. Oh yeah. Sometimes it's down to 30 and you're like, what am I going to do? I listened to a fabulous speaker, um, Sean Aker, who talks, his book is on uh, happy, the happiness factor. Okay. Phenomenal book. He, He researches happiness Phenomenal book, phenomenal speaker, but he was just at a conference last fall and his time was so condensed that he was trying to talk so fast. Oh yeah. Only to have the same speech in one. And I could see everybody around us. We felt like we were, you know, you felt for him. Mm -hmm. He was so fabulous. You know, you'd listen to him anytime. But I remember thinking, you know, if, if he could have just condensed a little bit, 
and dealt with the time just because that was comfortable. He could have still gotten all the power in there. Oh yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I'll follow him anywhere. He's that good. And his message is that great. But to your point, the shorter, the shorter your topic and message and time is the, the more prepared you have to be to adapt, go with it and make it look comfort, look comfortable. Because Absolutely. if somebody said, look, we know we gave you two hours, but you only have 20 minutes. And I've had that happen. Oh, and that say, was a huge cut, huge cut. And you know, I'm like, you're still paying me. It works. Then I did that, but I worked the room differently afterward and I condensed my talk and it was, it was my brain firing on every cylinder to try and get it to be as short and powerful as I could and make people want to get, when I got off that stage to come find me afterward and say, I want to know more. Exactly. So as it's a win, if they come and see you, then you know, you've been laser focused enough to trigger that, that little questioning. Oh, I want to know more. As soon as we get there, well, we have won in a way because at least we got their attention. Absolutely. Oh, Michael, it was wonderful to have you around with me. And uh, we'll be sharing your links and information with listeners so they'll be able to follow you around and make sure that, yeah, they go and see your bright and colorful hair, <laughs> which I do love, by the way. Thank you very much. I'm a little blonde and green at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks terrific. Thank so, you. Thank you again. And we'll have listeners uh, go and follow you. Excellent. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting and even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking. 